uh, Hannafin is up and Tanev is up and Zadorov is up. So it's going to be a pure chaos, I think, if this team is not a playoff team come the trade deadline. Oh, I hope, honestly, for Toronto's sake, that they're out of it so that Bradtree Living can go to their decor and just pick the piece he wants. Whoever it is on an expiring contract, come on over to the Maple Leafs because their decor is solid, man. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 180 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne, all three of us back together for this one. Uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the data draft episode last week uh, with Kenny. Uh, you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts and on our YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, fellas, the uh, the summer came and went, but uh, it's certainly been a good one. Uh, hope you guys are, uh, are doing well and it's great to be chatting with you uh, tonight. How we doing? doing good yeah the uh the long weekend is always that measurement of the summer ending and it's always sad for me but it's also when the switch is flipped in my brain and hockey mode turns on and i'm like full hockey craze right now so it's a it's a good time of the year how you doing chad yeah, definitely doing well. I was actually in Collingwood this weekend, Case. Uh, went to that area and just went to some cute restaurants and did a nice little staycation a little bit with Paige. So that was good. Went to the spa and that was a much needed rest and relaxation. Um, and then in terms of, of the long weekend in general and the switch from, you know, summer to fall, it would seem that, you know, this weekend would normally be that turning point, but this weekend was so hot. Like, it seems like it's the dead of summer. And Harper mentioned before we started, you know, getting back from his trip down south that it was the exact same temperature down in Curacao to here when he landed. So just insane. But yeah, hockey's right around the corner. Fantasy hockey is right around the corner. So like Harper mentioned, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you listen to that episode we did last week with Kenny from Data Draft. He's just amazing. All things fantasy hockey. But yeah, in general, just ready for the season to start up and ready for these next four episodes, these predictions and rankings, because they're some of the most fun episodes of the year and I think you'd both agree yeah definitely our uh, division previews we're going to be starting with the Pacific division uh, but before we get to that Chad you have another little game that we're going to play to kind of kick things off so take it away yeah okay so I want to go to Casey first and then Harper I want you both to rank blindly these next six jerseys that i mentioned so first i'm going to go to casey where do you rank between one and six the colorado avalanche home jerseys oh i like those jerseys a lot and i'm but i'm always worried putting them number one right away in a blind ranking because i don't know what's coming and there's a lot of jerseys i like in this league so i'll put colorado number two all right, Harper, where do you rank the Arizona Kachina away jerseys? One to six. Oh, geez. Well, th- those Kachina jerseys are beautiful. I think we all are, are fans of those, and you guys know how much I love them. So, But for the sake of other ones coming up, I'll go three for okay, those. Okay, so, so two and three off the board. Going back to <laughs> if- Casey... 
If you put the away jerseys number one, I would have I would have left the chimney. <laughs> you know, hot take. I think I actually like the white kachinas now more than the dark ones. I know that's a hot take, but just it's something with my brain. I do really like them. Uh, going back to Casey now, Smashville Predators home two and three are off the board. Um, I'm probably gonna put them five. I I'm not a huge fan I, I can see the appeal it's just something about yellow being viciously in my face as a color so I, I put i put them pretty low i'm putting it at five yeah i think that's a safe place to put them if i'm being completely honest not many people love that color uh despite it being a great place to watch a game apparently uh harper san jose sharks home where are you ranking that two three and five are off the board Ooh. Man, those teal jerseys are gorgeous. Um, oh, it's just so hard to, to know <laughs> what, what else is coming. But but I mean, they, they are they are up there in terms of best sweaters in the league. So um, I, I guess I guess have to put them at four just to see what else comes. So yeah, we'll put them down. Wow, they better be good jerseys coming. I would have put yeah. San Jose number one for sure. I love the logo, let alone the like actual jerseys and colors. Yeah, that's that's a bold pick. I guess Harper's hoping that a great jersey is coming up, maybe an original six team or two. So we've got one and six left wide open, Casey. And the jersey I'm sending to you is the Carolina Hurricanes away jersey. Okay, six. <laughs> Any explanation? I, I, I can think of 10 or 20 jerseys that I like better than that, especially it being the away jersey. If it was Carolina's home, I'd have to think a little more, but I'm still probably putting it number six. It's nothing like, it's just nothing special. And I think there's so many really good jerseys out there. Yeah, I hear you. So that means Harper, your number one jersey in the entire league is the Washington Capitals away. How do you feel about that being number one? Oh my God! If it was if it oh. was the uh, if it was the eagle like the black um, eagle jerseys that uh, that they went back to, sure that would be fine. But just the the capitals away jerseys that's really oh man that that, <laughs> that would sucks. be number six probably but yeah, yeah. that's not what you want that, at number uh, one geez. that's for sure yeah no at least flip san jose and that one in there yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly i i would like san jose's and colorado's and arizona's the ones that we that we mentioned would all be ahead of those ones but i guess that's the way the game goes so that's the nature of the definitely. game. definitely yeah Oh man! All right. Well, that was uh, that was a fun way to start it, and uh, of course, we're gonna do you know silly little games like that every week to kind of start off the episodes. Um, so anyway, boys, let's get into our first uh, division preview, and uh, this is gonna be about the Pacific Division. We we've done this for quite a few years now. We always start with the Pacific uh, in the West, and so um, we'll we'll just we'll go through uh, one through eight here. And uh, what do we want to do? Do we want want to go top to bottom i guess to to do it yeah i think so yeah seems to make seems to make the uh the most sense so uh anyway case we'll go to you first and uh and and get your first team off the board What's up, guys? Thanks for making it this far into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to let you know that we're still doing a limited time merch drop over on boysinthebooth.com shop. We're selling t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, crew necks, sweatshorts, slides, you name it. We're selling it at boysinthebooth.com. So head over there and check it out when you can. 
Every single purchase allows us to improve the quality of our podcasts going forward. Plus, you get to wear some awesome gear too and support the boys. So we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. There's plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite is Lemon Lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Yeah, usually we're kind of moaning and groaning that we have to do the Pacific Division, but we kind of mentioned before we started recording, this might be the most interesting this division's ever been. I think like, I don't know, I I could flip-flop on one to three and I could flip-flop four to seven. No problem here. So I am going to go ahead and I'm going to put Vegas as my number one. They just won the cup. They didn't really have any major subtractions other than maybe Riley Smith, but I think they've replaced him in a number of different ways already on this team. Uh, You know, Barbashev being his true replacement, and he was phenomenal when he came over in the trade, and he was excellent in the playoffs, got himself a contract extension, and he's going to be my player to watch on this team going forward. I've actually wrote down a player to watch on every single team, so Barbashev, mark him down. This is one of the top five decors in the, the league. There's three studs on this team, and it's fun to watch them play. Then there's the depth scoring. This team only gets better every single year at depth scoring. They're really a score by committee team. Like um, I think Jack Eichel led with 67 or 60 something points last year. So it'll be interesting to see what he puts up with a full season, but really just a a team where you're going to get scoring from all over the place, kind of like the Seattle Kraken that we'll talk about later. So um, I like this team. They had some pretty mediocre special teams last year, despite having a really good season. So if they could just increase their special teams in the slightest, then this team's going to be even better. The only real question for me is goaltending and Mark Stone. Goaltending, you know, they're two guys that are not established that really led this team in goaltending last year. And we always mention goaltending is voodoo. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen here. They had a, a couple guys leave the net, you know, quick and Brassot are gone now. So I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with goaltending. I think it's going to play a big impact on this team. And then Mark Stone, if he can stay healthy, that's going to be so crucial for, the, for Vegas. Yeah, health will definitely be a concern again this year for Vegas. I feel like that's been the story of their franchise since they came into the league. Um, just being able to stay healthy and not last season, but the year prior, they missed the playoffs and it was largely due to the fact that they weren't healthy. Last year, of course, we all know that they went on to win the cup, but it wasn't without, you know, some health scares and, and, you know, some, some 
trials and tribulations throughout the season and in the playoffs in terms of health. So that'll always be a concern for this team, I feel like, until they go a different way and, and rebuild in, in you know, however many years, if they even choose to do that. They're such a crazy franchise. Maybe they don't follow the traditional route. But yeah, I don't have a problem with Vegas at number one, Casey. You mentioned that you have three teams that you could sort of slot in that top three and you would be okay with any of them. I think we have the same three teams. I'm willing to bet that we do. Um, And that's why I don't have a problem with Vegas at number one. I like Edmonton quite a bit. I like L.A. quite a bit. But I think Vegas, you know, coming off 111 points, uh, winning the Stanley Cup, their only real subtraction being Riley Smith. And essentially, like you mentioned, they replaced him with Ivan Barbashev, who came in at the deadline. They're looking scary top to bottom once again. And in terms of goaltending, you know, they have Hill, they have Thompson, and there's a big question mark also around Robin Lehner. Who knows if he's going to play again this year? I don't know if he's healthy or, or you know, apparently he needs the money. There was that story that, that broke a few months ago about his, his snake farm and how he's He's broke now. So I don't know what is exactly going to go on between the pipes for this team, but we've sort of realized that, you know, goaltending is extremely random and it kind of doesn't matter as long as your goalie's hot in the playoffs. So I don't have a problem with Vegas at number one. That's not exactly who I had at number one, but I would definitely be willing to concede. Uh, Harper, what do you think? Yeah, uh, personally, I I don't have Vegas number one in this division like you, Chad. I have the Edmonton Oilers, but uh, I I could see I could see the defending Stanley Cup champs finishing first in the in this division for sure. I think the goaltending will be very interesting. It uh, it'll be a a good, um, you know, kind of open competition uh, or an open battle, excuse me, between Hill and Logan Thompson getting back and being healthy, who looked very good for them uh, for a long stretch of time this past season. And uh, for the most part, the band is back together, like you guys said, and and everybody is uh, is locked up on, on pretty reasonable deals. And so um, they, they could certainly run this back again. Now, with Mark Stone, I, I, I do think that for the rest of his career, he's probably not going to be an 82-game player and will miss some time um, in, in the, uh, the remaining seasons that he has left. Uh, but this team does have the depth that they can um, withstand him being out for periods of time here and there, I, I do feel like. But uh, he is such a big part of this team. And when he's in the lineup and healthy, he is such a factor, but everybody's back for the most part. It's just Riley Smith that's out the door. Like you guys mentioned, this team is a is a powerhouse and uh, first or second, they could be in this division. I've got them second personally, but uh, I don't mind them being picked in first by Case at all. Well, Case, what about Edmonton? Where do you have them in your rankings? Because Harper and I both have Edmonton at number one, not Vegas. So I'm interested to to hear an argument for Vegas over Edmonton. Edmonton was one of the three teams I mentioned. Um, actually, LA was the third, so you're, I figured. you were right there. Yeah. And I did have Edmonton at number two. Um, you know, this team, they they solved the depth scoring issue. They solved the goaltending issue for the most part. Failed to solve the D problem, in my opinion. The D core is still just mediocre at best. You have, you know, a very 
overpaid Darnell Nurse being your really your number one defenseman and then Evan Bouchard as your kind of only offensive defenseman in this lineup. Uh, I like the ad of Ekholm last year, but it just there wasn't really any pizzazz to that one uh, at the end of the year or in the playoffs. So I think this team's really lacking the decor and it's going to be another season of they better outscore the opponents. It's going to be pretty easy when you have three 100-point scorers on one team and the best player in the world who's probably going to put up 150 points this year. But another thing that I was taking into consideration when I was looking at the two teams uh, kind of you know side by each, I was looking at them and I was thinking Vegas is was Vegas was unreal last year with poor special teams. I think they were like 18th and 19th in power play and penalty kill. Edmonton Oilers had maybe one of the best power plays ever mm-hmm. since they started tracking the stat. And I just have to expect that that is going to come back a little bit. I don't know if you can sustain 30 plus percent on the power play despite having dry settle and McDavid. So that was kind of something I, I took into consideration. And then I, uh, just wondering if Stuart Skinner is going to be able to play 50 plus games again to pick up the slack for Jack Campbell. So I just had more question marks about on the Edmonton side than I did Vegas. Vegas, I really have no questions other than goaltending and that we've already accounted for as doesn't matter. So um, both these two teams are really good and they're going to be near the top of the league, let alone the top of this division. But I just see Vegas having the edge. Yeah, fair enough. When I look at Edmonton, I kind of thought the same thing as you. In you know, the number one concern was the decor. Although they added Ekholm, you know, he essentially just replaces Tyson Berry on that back end, which we do love because Ekholm is a two-way guy. He makes a great first pass. You know, he can mm-hmm. he can move it up the ice without giving up too much in the way of of defense. So I, that was a great add, and I think that really stabilized their blue line. The reason that I don't think their blue line is as bad as people say anymore is because you're expecting Bouchard to take yet another step this season. He'll be the number one quarterback uh, on the number one power play in the league, and he'll be able to take some steps defensively. You would hope so as well. There's also another guy who we've barely seen in the NHL at all, Philip Broberg. I don't know if if it's his time to step in and be a mainstay on the blue mainstay on this blue line, but that would be intriguing to see as well. Up front, you can definitely expect some regression with this team, you know, in terms of a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's never going to score 100 points again in his career. I would be willing to to put some money on that. But that being said, they did add a guy like Connor Brown and a guy last year who only played half the season was Evander Kane. So I feel like their offense might actually even be better than it was last season, even though one of their players who got 100 points is is likely to regress by quite a bit. And then in net too, you know, talking about regression and, and, and things regressing back to the mean, I think there's not a world in which Jack Campbell is as bad as he was last year. And if he is, they'll make a trade and they'll bring in someone else. So those are my arguments as to why I think Edmonton could be better than Vegas. It has nothing to do with Vegas being bad or, or, or Edmonton being extremely good. I think they're both really good teams going to be at the top. I mean, let's be real. 
two points separated these teams in the standings last year. So it could go yeah. either way. But that's why I have Edmonton number one. And, and Harper, I, I'm sure you have some of the same thoughts, too. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I mean, it obviously starts with the uh, with the two horses up front and McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, they were... You could tell that they were they were pissed off at, at the end of that uh, that second round series with Vegas after the loss, and I think that you know um, it was more not discrediting Vegas at all, but uh, I, I do feel like a, a good chunk of of why uh, of the reason why the Oilers lost that series was because they you know they kind of um, they they kind of lost themselves a, a little bit. And they kind of beat themselves, and so um, they're they're a good team. I just think that you know McDavid and Drysaddle, who by the way it, we, we're seeing on social media that it looks like they've been training together all summer, like they've been going together everywhere, uh, the BioSteel camps and and all of that. So I just think that those two are going to come out like a house on fire. Yes, expecting some regression from guys like Nuge and and uh, and some of the others, but um, you know really like this team they're a stanley cup contender i do expect campbell to uh to to bounce back and uh for you know another guy like bouchard to to uh take another step forward and and uh and all of that so um no i i like i like edmonton at at number one in in this division and uh obviously the biggest reason is because of the two horses up front and i just think that they were angry they were defiant they were frustrated at the end of that uh that series with vegas and they're just going to come out like a house on fire and uh and and be dominant again this season and i'll be watching for connor brown as well because he's healthy now uh really tough year for for him last year he really didn't play at all and uh he he's looking to come out and prove himself and uh he's gonna get a great opportunity to to do that with his old junior hockey buddy and mcdavid so yeah all of those things kind of together make me uh want to pick edmonton at, at number one i i hear you with you know having a Vander Kane back and Connor Brown coming into the lineup. Uh, I did put down my player to watch as our NH because I'm curious to see if he can, you know, I said if, if he can hit a hundred points again, but if he comes even close, it's going to help the team drastically. But when you talk about regression, like I just see where Stuart Skinner might drop back a bit. Jack Campbell's going to, it's going to, you know equal out in the end uh same as the scoring where we lose rnh's 100 points is going to be equaled out or maybe slightly better with evander kane you know connor brown's keeping up with yamamoto or clem costin so like i don't see it drastically different and then when i look at the back end saying like i hope philip for philip broberg takes the step because i like the player but i don't want to like Tip, I don't want to hold my hat on that, you know. Uh, th- yeah, fair I, enough. Th- that's not necessarily where I want to put my money. Um, when I look at Vegas's decor, I think that their fourth defenseman is as good as Darnell Nurse, or slightly like, close. And Brad- Braden McNabb, they play the same hockey game. Braden McNabb might punch a couple more people in the face, which may be even better. So, um, if if you don't. If you don't agree with that, then Shea Theodore is better than Darnell Nurse. Petrangelo is better than Darnell Nurse. So uh, yep. I'm not, 
you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, yeah. I just think their decor is so good. It, it's it's a couple guys who can really move the puck and then four of them that play phenomenal defense. Alec Martinez blocks so many shots. I don't know how he still has a career at his age. And then Zach Whitecloud and Nicholas Haig, like they're just hard to play against this whole decor. Um, yeah, I, I mean, in the end, I did say that I was willing to put any three team at the top so I can concede here, but I just don't think that considering Edmonton was behind them despite it being a point, last year i don't know if they've made enough changes that's going to put them over the top yeah at the end of the day we all agree that these are going to be two of the better teams in this division and the league as well and you know whoever finishes first or second i don't think it's going to matter i would probably still pick vegas in a playoff series but in the regular season with McDavid and Dreisaitl, I think I have to go Edmonton. So I think that's what yeah. we're going to do, right? Edmonton, number one, Vegas, number two. Do we want to get into that three spot? Casey and I already mentioned who we had at three. Yeah. So Harb, <laughs> yeah. how, about, how about you? Yeah. Well, I, I think I think we've all got the same team at number three, and that's the Los Angeles Kings. So let's, let's talk in, uh, about them. Yeah, let's do it. Case, you want to start talking about LA? I know yeah, that uh, sure. you're you're a big Kopitar guy. You like the Kings, and and they've taken some real steps forward here, and and they made some big ads this offseason. They've really got no cap space left, so this is a big year for LA. Yeah, I mean they are my favorite team in the West. I'll say that, and they they have been for. I don't know, over a decade now. And I'm really excited to see who they've brought in to this team. Sure, there's a lot of subtractions here, but I think that the scoring on this team is going to be just phenomenal. Uh, you know, we already know what Kopitar can do. Adrian Campe has proved that he is a 35 plus goal scorer every single year now. And Kevin Fiala, he is my player to watch on this team because he might be the next guy to join the 100-point club. He was so fun to watch last year, and if it wasn't for injuries, he was probably going to be around 90, 95 points. So, uh, you know, as the two studs on this team, Kopitar and Doughty, get older, they're going to start looking for the who the next guy is, and I think Kevin Fiala is showing that he's going to be the next stud of this team. Um, the decor, you know, they did... I think patched some holes here. Sure, they had Sean Dursey leave, but I think they maybe needed a more defensive guy anyways. So they have a Gavrikov join the team. Uh, and then Brant Clark is going to be QB2 on the power play. So, um, you know, that's really replacing Dursey. I'm really excited to see what Brant Clark can do in the NHL full time here. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch and maybe give up a lot of turnovers, but he he's going to make up for it with some sick plays. Mikey Anderson just hits everything that moves, and we already know what Doughty can be. So I like the decor. I love the offense, love the forwards, and that bottom six, it's just like it's filled with guys who are not only hard to play against, but also have a scoring touch and can put the puck in the net. And then it comes to goaltending, and that's why I did land at number three with these guys, comparing them to Vegas and Edmonton. Uh Goaltending, they brought in Talbot to to try to stop the bleeding that was last year. Phoenix Copley did have a good season, point, like numbers wise, but he's really an AHL guy. He's a he's a third goalie in most rotations, so they needed to do something. And I'm not sure if Cam Talbot's going to be the guy. So I'm curious to see what happens here. All in all, though, like 
this team had a fantastic power play last year and the only guy that's left that power play really is Dursey and I think Brant Clark can can uh can pick up after him and then Dubois added to that is just it's going to be great I think that he's finally going to be happy I mean I hope he's finally happy so I think we're going to see his best year yet and it's really going to spur the Kings ahead yeah think about Kopitar PLD and Dano as your one, yeah. two, three center. Like that might yeah. be the the bit the best three headed monster down the middle in the entire league. Like it's it's you know there aren't many teams that can even compare to that. So center depth is is going to be a massive uh, uh, benefit for them this season. I think their forwards got better because of that. Obviously adding PLD, but then you know maybe taking a little bit of stress off a guy like Quinton Byfield who can now move over to the wing play a less you know defensive heavy role not that he was in that role beforehand but just you know let the kid play let let him slide into the nhl comfortably and get some help around him so i think that's going to be great for his development uh on the back end losing Dursey, yeah that sucks he's a good player he's probably going to tear it up uh in arizona but you know adding gavrikov at the deadline we kind of mocked it a bit because you know, we, we always said a team was going to overpay. Gavrikov doesn't do, you know, that much aside from just playing shutdown D. But we were kind of proven wrong. And a lot of analysts were proven wrong. Like Gavrikov was really, really solid in L.A. that back half of the season. And it turns out he was a really good fit there. So I really like that. And then in terms of goaltending, it could be the situation exactly like it was last year, where at the deadline, they just go out and get somebody, you know, like their options were pretty limited uh, after the season ended. You know, they could have resigned Corpusallo and given him a ticket like he got in in, uh, Ottawa. But at the same time, I don't blame them at all. Like, I don't I don't want to pay any goalie if i'm a, if i'm a gm so i mean listen copley and and talbot is not a great tandem it might be one of the worst in the league i like it's not good at all especially on a contender and that is same same as uk one of the only reasons i didn't put them in the one or two spot in this division but at the end of the day like we've sort of already realized if you can outscore your problems in the regular season and then your goalie's hot in the playoffs you can make it work and go on to win a cup. So I'm not overly concerned with that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, not much more I, I can really say. The goaltending is uh, is a concern, but I mean, it, it is voodoo, as we've as we've mentioned plenty of times. David Riddick, they also added as a, so he's a third goalie as, as well. Um, you know, a little bit of a little bit of insurance there. But yeah, I mean, that that three headed uh you know, um, goalie carousel of, of Talbot, uh, Copley, and Riddick isn't exactly a ringing endorsement, but with the forward group and on the back end, uh, th- this team is is pretty strong. And you mentioned the three guys that they have down the middle. I mean, that's, that's just great to have. And as long as everybody can stay healthy, this team plays fast. They play hard. They've got guys like 
Trevor Moore and Lazat and and some of these others in the bottom six, like you mentioned, Case, that have some snarl and they can put the puck in the back of the net. And Mikey Anderson, I think one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, and Pierre-Luc Dubois as well. I mean, he gets that nice contract and uh, this it looks like it's going to be the, the final stop for him. And so I expect him to come out and have a big year as well because uh, he, he is a good player at the end of the day and is really going to help the Kings so yeah this is a big year for them and uh, the question is can they win a playoff round or two because we know that uh, the rebuild's over that they're a playoff team year in and year out but uh, can they really take that step forward and and win a round or two this season it'll be interesting to see but they they have certainly gotten better two final thoughts on LA before we move on to four through eight number one Eric Portillo the goalie from Buffalo that signed in L.A. Yep. What's his future going to be like? Can he be the goalie of the future? Just a a thought and question mark that I had about him. And number two is Alex Turcotte. I think this year could be the final year of, you know, seeing what he can do at the NHL level. He's barely played any games. We're getting closer and closer towards bust territory. So this might be the year for him to either play or maybe be traded and and find a new destination. So those are just two thoughts I had in passing about this team. Yeah. No, they're legitimate ones, that's for sure. Uh, all right, guys, uh, let's move on to that fourth uh, spot in this division. And I, and I feel like, you know, four to six was really tough. It was, for me at least, to determine where things are, are going to settle out. Um, kind of in that middle tier in, in this division. But uh, but I landed on the Seattle Kraken. How about you guys? I did not. Okay. But I, I knew I knew there was going to be disagreement at number four because, like you said, Harp, I have any one of these next four teams or three teams being just as good. So yeah. uh, I'm totally willing. I'd, I'd shuffle the deck. I'd put in a random number generator and go ahead and pick that way because it could be anyone but let's hear what you have to say about seattle yeah yeah um well chad actually why don't we go to you to to uh to start talking about the crack and you've got the ball cap on and everything and so i would assume that seattle is in the fourth spot for you seattle is in the fourth spot for me but it's not something i was certain about you know they're coming off a 100 point season where they had a ton of players score a ton of goals and they scored the most goals above expected in the entire league. So it's one of those things where, you know, you appreciate the depth, the depth scoring on this team. But at the same time, you're a little bit worried because some of those numbers are, are bound to regress. So in terms of their forward group, I think it is going to be about the same. Uh, you know, they are going to have some players regress like you know, maybe a guy like McCann regresses a bit. I don't know if he's going to be considered going forward as as an elite player. Maybe that's a bad example, but there are a ton of players who scored a ton of goals on this team, and I just don't see that happening again this year. But at the same time, they added a guy like Kaylor Yamamoto. They added a guy like Pierre-Edward Belmar to sort of round out the group, I think, and bring some different elements. So I think even though they might lose a little bit of scoring, I think their forward group is going to be just fine. Plus, they're going to be adding, hopefully, guys like Shane Wright for a full season, 
Cole Lind, who's been tearing up the American League. He was a point per yep. game in the American League last year. Um, and, and also, too, going back to last week's episode, that was a player who Kenny mentioned uh, could be fantasy relevant this year, Cole Lind, uh, just because of his point production at, at the league below. So, uh, And then in terms of their defense, I think it was kind of the same thing. Like A guy like Vince Dunn might regress a bit after having an incredible year, but they added a guy like Brian Dumoulin, who I just think, again, just sort of rounds out the group. And then in terms of goaltending, you know, they lost Martin Jones, who was actually their starter down the stretch. He played the most games of any goalie on, on this team uh, last year, but he was also the guy with the worst goal saved above expected on this team. Philip Grubauer, uh, you know, still played a, a decent amount of games. He's going to be their go-to this year. If I told you I liked that, um, it, you know, I, I would definitely be lying. And if I told you I liked their, their, three guys, you know, Grubauer, Decord, and Drieger, I would also be lying because I don't think goaltending is a strength of this team. But all of that considered, I think I could definitely see them getting to that 100-point mark again or at least 95-plus, meaning that they're a playoff team. The only reason why I'm not certain that Seattle is is in a perfect spot in that number four spot is because of teams like Calgary, Vancouver, and even Anaheim who will be taking a step this year. So I landed at number four for Seattle, but I don't know. It's it's all sort of up in the air for me right now. This could be a year in the Pacific because I think the Central might have gotten a little bit worse where we do see five teams make the playoffs. Um, because when I think of Seattle in my head now, again, coming off a 100-point year, I think to me, it just makes sense that although there will be some regression, I still see them as a playoff team, even if it's in a wild card spot. So sorry, that was long winded, but but go ahead, Casey, on your thoughts on on Seattle and maybe some of the other teams that you think fit that four spot better. Yeah, I mean, I definitely looked at this team and first thing that came to my mind was regression, mostly because of their shooting percentage is like well over, it's like 10.9% last year, which is not sustainable whatsoever. Um, I think they did have a lot of depth scoring and then that is always a variable. You're not always going to have your your third line put up the same numbers as they did last year, same as the second line on this team. So I'm just curious to see where that will go. I'd like to see someone step up and be, you know, star numbers, star scoring. Manny Beneers is probably going to be that guy. And then when you look at all these rookies coming in, it's like you're relying a lot on them when you when I look at this team. And but there's also just there's like 12 veterans on this team. You know what I mean? Uh, not, I mean, I'm counting Matty Beneers in there because he's played a full year, but I look at this team and I, I don't know who's going to step out for Shane Wright. Is it Kaylor or Yamamoto? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of question marks with this team. And when I start hearing question marks in my own head, I start second guessing a team and I start thinking that, you know, what's the locker room going to be like? And uh, are people going to crack under pressure? Or are they going to play better because of internal co- competition? I love internal competition, but there's it's a double edged sword there so um i do actually like the decor of this team i think they look hard to play against when i look at them on paper i'm like i don't really want to try to score on this team i think that everyone is fairly reliable in their own end other than maybe vince dunn but he's their point guy he's their power Mm -hmm. play guy he's their their puck mover so that's totally fine i like the decor 
hate the goaltending. Same. <laughs> it's same. I mean, we how long have we been saying like all three years we're saying that the goaltending should be better, should be better. I think we're at the point where it's not as much voodoo with Drieger and and um Grubauer anymore as it is they just aren't the guys they used to be and I'm I'm not really looking for them to be better anymore i'd love to see it for their sake but i've just kind of given up on this team and goaltending at the moment until they find someone else so i just felt like i kept maybe i'm looking for question marks and problems with this team because i've historically not been a seattle kraken fan but i just looked at the other teams and i i I liked one more than them i did land at five for seattle which I wouldn't be surprised if it was a playoff spot in this West conference. Yeah. I figured that you landed at five and I can guess who is at the four spot for you, but I won't spoil it because Harper wants to chime in on Seattle. Yeah, no, I, I'll, uh, I'll keep it quick on, on the crack and obviously don't like the, uh, the goaltending. I mean, Joey Decord is another guy who ripped it up in, uh, in Coachella Valley in the, uh, in the AHL this past year, they went all the way to the Calder Cup Finals, of course, and had a great team. And so he'll certainly get a shot. We I, we don't know if Chris Drieger is is going to be healthy and, and ready to go, I, I don't think, yet. So um, they, they do have an, ins- uh, an insurance option there in net, but uh, it's obviously not, not a great... Um, you know, three guys there. And then this team is just, they're one of those classic teams that just gets it done by committee. Everyone chips in up front on the back end. Dave Haxtell does a great job. And uh, I, I just, I don't see this team taking a step backwards. I think they're a playoff team again, wild card, um, you know, at uh, at the fourth or fifth spot. I've got them in fourth, but it's going to be really close uh, between four and six. But with the year that Seattle had, I think there's, there's a bit of recency bias there. And certainly you expect a little bit of regression, but this team just gets it done by committee. And they're a lot of fun to watch. And Matty Beneers is going to take another step forward and become uh, an, an elite player sooner rather rather than later. So I like the Kraken in that four spot, but it's close. Yeah. I remember last year, I actually listened to our season preview episode for the Pacific earlier today, just to see where we were at last year. And we landed on Seattle at six, but I made a comment saying I wouldn't be surprised if they were a bubble playoff team and got absolutely shredded on Instagram for posting that. So I think they're kind of in the same place again this year. I think they will be a bubble playoff team. Maybe they've taken a bit of a step, um, you know, compared to how they were going into last season. But I think between the, you know, even three to six spot, anywhere in there, I wouldn't be shocked just because this division is is really wide open. You know, like a team like Calgary had a down year last year. They could be really good this year. We picked them to win the division last year, by the way. I just wanted to share that and they missed the playoffs. So that was tough. Um, And a team like Vancouver, same thing. They could be great this year and, and kind of who knows. So that's why I think Casey mentioned off the top why this division is so difficult and exciting actually to talk about for once, uh, just because it's so close. So Seattle <laughs> at number four. Yeah. Seattle at number four. I think, 
you know, it's 2v1, but it's not a hard 2v1. It's a very wishy-washy no. one. Uh, dude, I'm fine with putting them at four. It's not so much about Seattle taking a step back for me. It's about another team taking a major leap forward. And I, I just really wanted this on record for me saying that this team is going to come forth. I really do think Seattle is still a playoff team. And I think that the Pacific, Pacific's probably going to have a wild wild card or maybe both we'll see uh but frankly guys i have the vancouver canucks in the number four spot wow. i think at the end of the season they had embers there were embers in there and i think there's going to be some gasoline dumped on that uh at the start of this season it was annoying to see them catch embers at the end of the year and turn things around because it's like hey guys Connor Bedard would you like <laughs> yeah. him maybe continue to suck but I think we saw some major leap forwards for a few players on this team and there's so many of them that are just on the precipice of being studs and it's just like we just need them we need half of them to take that step and this team is going to be a a hard to deal with when I look at their forward setup, I really love it top to bottom. I, I like how this team's shaped out. Their two ads down the middle are going to help this team tremendously. And Elias Pedersen is going to be my player to watch this season because he will score 110 points, no problem. It's his career, it's his uh, last year on the contract, and he yep. is going to be playing lights out. He already did last year. He hit 100 points last year, and he's going to push even harder th this year. I'm so excited to watch him. There's so many guys on this team that could just take one more step and make this team a powerhouse, and Kuzmenko and Besser finally maybe can get back to being a 30-goal scorer if he could stay healthy. And, you know, Connor Garland, is he the guy he used to be? Uh, Vasily Pakol's in we want him to take a step finally um what's that i just blanked on his name he's been up and down between the ahl and vancouver uh, uh nils hoglander uh, yeah i would like yeah. to see him stay in the nhl this year i think yep. he's got a lot to prove jt miller we want him to be jt miller of two years ago um quinn hughes is an absolute stud can't wait for his contract to be over so he can play for the new jersey devils <laughs> and then they've plug the holes on the decor that and not just like put some tape on it it's flex seal they put flex seal on this decor with carson susie and ian cole i think the upgrade from dermot and bear or dermot and uh i OEL. guess it's burrows oel the upgrade from ian or them to ian cole and carson susie is great in my opinion i really like it i think they could probably still use one more d-man phil heronic is one of my favorite players in the league so you know, I, I might be a little biased on that point. And then goaltending is just another case of what's Thatcher Demko going to be this season? And I think that he's going to take a major step forward. He's going to have a bounce back year. We already started seeing glimpses of it before, but I think he's still like a top 10 goalie in the league. And if they can get that out of him and, you know, have him playing 50, 55 games, then I think this team's in good hands in that. So I really, there's a lot to like about Vancouver, but I'm also wouldn't be surprised if they were sixth in this division because Vancouver, I we're always waiting for them to be better. They're, 
no offense, Harp, they're the Buffalo Sabres of the West. It's like, this is their year. This is their year. Well, maybe get Connor Bedard. I'm like, holy shit. So I'm excited for this year. I am a bit of a Vancouver stand. So, you know, grain of salt, but I, I like this team. Yeah. So do you think they make the playoffs in the number five spot case? Oh, I have them in four and making the playoffs. Oh, okay. But that's you guys have vetoed that so i just again <laughs> clip that <laughs> yeah i mean listen i don't have a problem with with vancouver being in our collective five spot uh, i had them at six but again very flexible uh in, in terms of these rankings no Bo horvat for this season which you know that's a that's a big loss for them but anthony bavillier was great down the stretch for them after coming over mm-hmm. from the from the island um replace some of the scoring that they lost in horvat pui Suter is a guy who's going to get some uh, additional ice time on this team ideally at some point they'll have Ilya mikhaev back fully healthy so that will be a nice add for them a guy like Teddy Bluger to round out the bottom six. I don't mind their forward group at all. I think it's uh, better built than it was in the past. And like you mentioned with Elias Pettersson going into his final year of his contract, I think not only will he be playing for a new contract um, you know, to try to cash in and, and make as much money as possible, but I think the team around him knows that they're going to be playing to keep him in Vancouver. Yeah exactly and i i wrote that in my player to watch section like i i wrote his production this year is going to push the team over the top because they are also they have to play well because they need him to stick around long term yeah, yeah. and listen say what you will about you know what management has done in vancouver you know the oel uh, that that whole fiasco was just something that didn't work. There's been a ton of those moves, right? That just haven't worked, and all of the bad money on the books, and taking on bad money and trading away bad money. It's just been a bit of a fiasco. But case like you mentioned, now when you look at the back end, and you have a guy like Carson Soucy to sort of man that second pairing and be a shutdown presence, and then you have an Ian Cole on the third pairing, tough to play against, tons of experience to mentor other guys. A Philip Horonic now to bring some more offense and just be a bit of uh, a steady presence. Even though, you know, at the time we didn't love the trade, it seemed like a lot to give up and we didn't really know the direction of the team. When you look at it on paper, this team is going to be, or, or they at least should be, pretty good. And they have their coach now, which was a problem in the past. It, you know, all of that instability, especially the last like two weeks of Bruce Boudreaux, that was an absolute nightmare in Vancouver. But, you know, now that they've got their coach, they've got their core, uh, you know, they've committed to their core and, and hopefully they can get Pedersen done uh, sooner rather than later. I don't mind the pick for Vancouver being a playoff team. So I will, uh, I'm more than happy to put them in the five spot in our, our consensus rankings. Yeah, I am too. And uh, Case, I think you made some great points. I think that Elias Patterson is going to come out like a house on fire. At, again, uh, my my favorite term or <laughs> saying on this podcast, it seems. Uh, you know, I used it for McDavid and Drysaddle earlier. I think the same for Patterson. He is a superstar now in the NHL. And, and that uh, really was solidified last season. He is going to get 
paid all caps uh, with with his next deal with Vancouver and they have to do everything they can to to keep him happy I like the forward group you know you've got good players in the bottom six like Bluger Dakota Joshua is another guy that we didn't mention, but he fit in really well in the bottom six. And looking at the way that this team played down the stretch under Rick Tockett, 2012 and four was their record. And so when you look at that and the way that they played down the stretch in, in that second half of the season, um, in theory, this this team should be a playoff team. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, that's that's what they're going for. But I think it is the right decision because you've got Pedersen in a contract year. He's going to have a huge uh, a huge year. you got to keep Quinn Hughes happy as well. Um, Thatcher Demko, he's one of those guys that, you know, if he can get back to the Demko of a few years ago, he could really steal a lot of games for you. And... Uh, and potentially, you know, go, go on a, a lead you on a playoff run as well. If they were able to just get in, I feel like they're one of those teams that's like, you know what? If uh, we've got the goaltender and with some of the pieces that we have, we just need to squeak in and we could potentially go on a run. So I'm fine with, uh, I can see the rationale for four, but I'll go with five, happy with that, because I could see five teams making the playoffs from this division. So the more I think about it, the more I kind of like what Vancouver has done here, and they've certainly plugged some holes. My only problem with it, and I'm sure you guys kind of thought about the same thing when you were putting together your own rankings, is that leaves out a team like Calgary, who we're expecting to bounce back, or a lot of people are expecting to bounce back. So that means that, I mean, I'm assuming, unless one of you wants to put Anaheim or San Jose in that uh, in that six spot, that, that means uh, Calgary no. is going to go number six. So, I mean, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I, I had them, yeah. was six. And again, like... Wouldn't be surprised if they're fourth in this division. Uh, there's a lot of guys who can have bounce back seasons. Their their subtractions of this team kind of worry me a little bit. Like Tyler Toffoli was their best player last year. Um, you know, Lewis was a good bottom six guy, and I mean, I don't know if they're gonna miss Lucic, but we'll <laughs> see. But there was one subtraction that was very good for this team, and that was their coach. And yeah. I think that that is going to be a huge turning point for this team. But what that does create in my mind is early season jitters or early season issues with the new coaching staff coming in and a team that, you know, is has it in their head when they're going into the season. I've got to be better this year. I've got to be Jonathan Huberto of of the year prior i've got to be nazim kadri of the year in colorado i've got to be better like all of these players have that in their mind and that's going to be tough going into this season especially with a new coach so i think the first two months are going to be shit and that's what i was really worried about when i looked at this team in the rankings i think that down the stretch this team could be really good and i'm i'm interested to see what they can do Again, a lot of guys that need to turn things around, but I love the decor. Always have loved Calgary's defense. For the last like 10 years, they've had good defense. And then goaltending, like Markstrom used to be one of the best goalies in the league. He's got a fantastic contract. So if he can get back to that level, that'd be great. But man, they've got three good goalies. So we'll see which one of them really takes the reins here. But 
for me, Markstrom's got to be the guy again. Um, this team should be able to score a lot, but again, they're missing to Foley. They brought in Sharon Govich to replace him. Don't know if he's that guy. Uh, so it's just a ton of question marks. I think it's going to be a rocky start to the season, and that's why I had them behind Vegas or Vancouver and uh, Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different look team this year, you know, subtracting to Foley, adding a Sharon Govich, um, but different look just in the sense that I think they got a bit younger and faster too. guys like Jacob Peltier going to be able to play ideally a full season with a coach who knows his name and what number he wears. So that will be nice. Um, and then Matt Coronado as well. I think both of those guys will inject some some speed and some life into that lineup and hopefully provide some depth scoring. Uh, and then the back end remains exactly the same case. You mentioned it top 10 back end in the league, maybe top five. Like it's, it's really good uh, despite what you think of some of the contracts. And then in net three good goalies. I have a feeling Vladar uh, is probably going to go out the door at some point because Dustin Wolf is you know one of the best if not the best goaltending prospect right now in terms of both his ceiling and and just how good he is right now he's been tearing up the american league um so he's going to get a legit shot this year and i don't know if he's if he's waiver exempt still if he is that would be perfect it would be a situation kind of like in carolina where they have three guys and kachekov is the third guy and he's waiver exempt so he's able to go up and down but I think the goaltending will be fine. I don't anticipate Markstrom being as bad as he was last year because I do think that he's still the starter. Um, But the backup position could be dicey in a good way with a little bit of internal competition. Um, But yeah, just looking at this team, like it's hard to imagine them finishing in the sixth spot because... I think all signs point to them having a bounce back year from guys like Huberdeau, Kadri, uh, and and even some guys on the back end too. But at the same time, this division is going to be so complicated and it's going to be so tough to predict, I think, even at the midway point of the season. Um, So I could see them finishing number six. Could also see them winning the division. I don't think that's crazy to say. Like I, I don't. I don't think Edmonton, L.A., Vegas have a lock on those top three spots. So um, again, like that's why this division is fun to talk about this year. Well, they've got a lot of guys playing contract years this year, and that could lead to them overperforming, like unbelievably. But I was thinking that. If this team is not a playoff team come the trade deadline, they're going to be the most interesting ones to watch by far. You can see Backlund get traded. You can see um, Lindholm get traded. And then basically everyone on defense. Yeah. Is, you know, uh, Hannafin is up and Tanev is up and Zadorov is up. So it's going to be a pure chaos, I think, if this team is not a playoff team come the trade deadline. Oh, I hope honestly for toronto's sake that they're out of it so that bradtree living can go to their decor and just pick the piece he wants whoever it is on an expiring contract come on over to the maple leaves because their decor is solid man it it is it is and uh you know for for calgary i think that they are the nhl's wild card team this season like we don't know what to expect we all it, it, you know think that 
they should have a bounce back year for sure. They they definitely underachieved. It was certainly a disaster with uh, you know the uh, the coach that they had there, old man River and <laughs> Daryl Sutter. But uh, so uh, you know it, this team just needs to go out. They need to just have a quiet year. They need to have fun and just play hockey. And I feel like that the culture is already getting back to to being better with. Craig Conroy now is the GM and uh, and Ryan Huska taking over as the head coach. Um, Mark Savard was also added to the coaching staff. I don't know if you guys knew that, but he's a very smart hockey mind and was a great player. So curious to see how he helps the offensive aspect of the game um, with with this team. But yeah, they just they need to have some some younger players be injected into the lineup and provide some life. And I feel like the the Peltiers, the Coronados, the Walker Doers of the world, those guys will certainly do that. Looking at the back end, I love a player like Rasmus Anderson. I feel like he doesn't get enough respect that he deserves as one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. And the way that he has been talking about the team going into this season, you know, they recognize that a lot of people are are doubting them after last year, and and uh, but they're prepared to just go out and and uh, have a have a fun season, and you know, and just kind of shut out a lot of that noise that's been around the team for for this last uh, year and a bit. So I could see Calgary finishing third. I could see them finishing sixth in this division. Anywhere in there, I've got the Calgary Flames, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting and I agree at the trade deadline if they're out of it they could be kingmakers for sure and it could get real interesting in in Calgary so um but yeah I guess for for the sake of where do we uh put them for our rankings here I guess we've got to put them at sixth but could see them finishing as high as third yeah so I think that caps off the second tier of this division um let's get into the third tier now and I think there's two teams Probably in the order we all have. I think it's probably the same. But let's get into Anaheim and San Jose to wrap up this podcast. Yep. Case, you want to start by talking about the Ducks? Sure. Yeah, I do have Anaheim at number seven. I think this team could even be better. But it's just rolling the die this year. That's that's how I see this team. There's a lot of young players and it's a, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. You know, they're going to look to have guys like Trevor Zegris and Mason McTavish and Leo Carlson lead this team in scoring and we just don't know what that outcome is and that's why I have them low is because it's just it, it could anything could happen with this team. They're very young. They're going to take a step this year, but they're in a tough division now. So uh, I don't have them much higher than seven, but again, wouldn't be shocked. I guess maybe that's just what we keep saying because Mm -hmm. we don't look, want to look like assholes (laughs) down the road. But uh, you know, it, it was interesting that they added some veterans into this team because you do need guys to lead the young kids into the future and then teach them the ways. But um the scoring is going to come from youth and Troy Terry living up to his contract is important. We'll see what happens there. But when I look at the back end, this team isn't looking very good. Um, I like the top pair. And then from there on, it's not great. And that is going to lead to a very tough time for John Gibson once again. And he's used to that. So uh, I, I don't even feel bad for him anymore. It's just like, yep, John Gibson is going to see a lot of shots. 
yeah, that's really all I have to say about the team. I don't have much to say about either Anaheim or San Jose. Yeah, well, I actually think, Case, that they got better on defense a little bit, but also, of course, at forward. And I think they also got better between the pipes. So at all three positions, I think they got a little bit better. Just how much better? I mean, that remains to be seen. We'll see how big that step is that they take, because I think we're all in agreement that they will be taking a step. But, yeah, well, I mean, they they can't go backwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true, <laughs> no. true. Um, but, you know, up front, adding a guy like Kalorn, I think makes a ton of sense. We talked about that uh, after he signed his contract. Makes a ton of sense to mentor some of the younger guys there. Adding Carlson, who they clearly really wanted with that number two pick made so much sense uh you know makes so much sense to add him to the group as soon as possible i think he's a player who is truly ready to play um zegris how much more does he have offensively can he be a 90 point player one day and will that be this year same with mason mctavish you know can he be a 60 to 80 point player and can that be this year um, so, you know, both of those guys are expected to break out. Same with on the back end. Jamie Drysdale expected to break out this year. Um, and I think they've sort of surrounded him on the back end a little bit better going forward. You know, you don't have a guy like John Klingberg anymore who, you know, at the time made sense to add to that team as a, an experienced veteran to mentor some of the other guys. But now, not only are you getting mentorship, but you're actually protecting some of your younger, better players by adding guys like Gudis and Labushkin, two hard-hitting, hard-nosed defensemen who, you know, know the other side of the game, uh, as opposed to Drysdale, who knows the offensive side of the game better. Um, and then in terms of, of goaltending, you know, John Gibson hasn't been elite in a few years, though he has the skill set. He's been in a, in a tough situation, obviously, right? But now they have Staylock, who they had last year, but also Lucas Dostal. We'll see if he comes up and plays some games and, and they'll see what they have in him. So I think they got better at every position. I think the question mark is just by how much. But yeah, number seven yeah. makes a, a ton of sense for, for Anaheim. Yeah, I kind of look at the Ducks and, you know, I kind of look at them as taking uh, the step that Arizona took last season, like, you know, 70 points. I think that would be fair potentially for, for this team. Lots of great young talent. And I think for them, it's just, you know, take a step forward. Obviously, you don't want to take a step backwards. Get another high pick and then, you know, start to start to um, be competitive next season and play meaningful games after the deadline. And that I, I think is a real possibility. But yeah, just take another step forward, which they will. I think it'll be growth from their young players that we mentioned. Um, love the pick of, of Leo Carlson. And um, yeah, and, and just take a step forward and get another high pick at the end of the day. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the San Jose Sharks, and uh, of course, uh, they made um, you know big big headlines th this off season by uh, finally trading Eric Carlson. He moves on, of course. Uh, it just it didn't make sense for for him to stay there, but uh, they finally got it done. They got Will Smith at the draft. Um, this is a team that's. You know, we, we think they're rebuilding, although some of their moves say otherwise. Sharks at number eight. What do we have to say about San Jose to wrap it up? Yeah, this team is 
basically a new team coming into this season. There's so many additions and subtractions, mostly all from the Eric Carlson trade. But I mean, there was more there as well, adding Anthony Duclair. Um, yeah, we talked about these guys when we were talking about the offseason moves and the Carlson trade. And they're going to be a team that can steal random wins because they've got some guys who can put the puck in the net on occasion. So I think they're going to steal more wins than maybe they want to. But I definitely have this team at eight. It was my only lock in this division ranking. Um, I wrote it in first. I just I'm not a huge fan of their decor. I think they lack a one, three and four defenseman. I I, I put Ferraro as a number two and that's that's where I'm at with that team. So yeah. or with that decor. Uh and then in the goaltending department, it was bad last year. So it can only get better, I think. And I'm I have Mackenzie Blackwood as my player to watch because I'm just gonna be curious on what he can do with uh his health if he stays healthy. And he's going to get the starting time. And I think that there's something in him if he can stay healthy. There, There is that goalie in him. He was very good in the past for the Devils when he was healthy. Ran into a ton of injuries and then got kind of replaced. So curious to see what he can do. I did forget to mention my players to watch from the others. So I'll just blast them out. Leo Carlson um, for obvious reasons. Huberto for obvious reasons. And Shane Wright for the same as Leo Carlson. So that's that. Uh, Chad, what do you have to say about San Jose? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It's going to be a weird season for this team. We talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about the Eric Carlson trade and, and the offseason. Um, you know, their defense clearly got way worse trading Eric Carlson and, and Brent Burns even last year. You know, they don't have anybody back there aside from Ferraro. So that to me looks like a team that's rebuilding that decor anyway uh and then up front they arguably got better they added so many guys who can actually score it's so weird i i have written in my notes they added so many players who can score but don't know how to play defense and then i listed mikhail granlin mike hoffman <laughs> anthony duclair zetterland and zadina all of these players you know are sort of struggling I would say on their previous teams aside from a guy like Duclair who was more of a cap casualty um, and and of course Zetterlin was included in, in that trade I'm pretty sure the Meyer trade right Zetterlin yep. was was the piece in that um, that's right but, but those other guys Granlin, Hoffman, Zadina like struggling on, on their previous teams they're going to get a bigger opportunity on this team to score goals which means they're going to be also hungry to score goals especially a guy like Zadina so you're right like they could win a lot of games here six five like seven six because their back end isn't great i don't love the goaltending tandem of of kakinen and blackwood uh, i think blackwood's a good goalie but health is obviously a big concern so yeah we'll, we'll see we think they're a rebuilding team but they're going to be able to steal a lot of games just given the fact that they have players who can score uh but can't play defense so weird team but number eight makes the most sense 
Yeah, definitely. And for these guys, I think it's just important to, uh, you know, get another high pick and, and, you know, slowly continue to build up that prospect pool, which already looking at it is starting to get pretty good with uh, Will Smith added to that from this year, Eklund, Bordalo, Quentin Musty, who they also got later in the first round this year. So slowly they're, they're starting to build it up. And um, yeah, this team just, you know, it, it, they're going to be competitive, I, I think. Uh, clearly, with some of the guys that they brought in, uh, they're going to be able to compete on a lot of nights and, and steal some games and and uh, have that high-flying offense on some nights. Really interested to watch a guy like Zadina because it didn't work out for him in Detroit. He was a high pick. He's ran into injuries. And um, listening to the 32 Thoughts interview with him today, he sounds very excited about coming to San Jose and and having this opportunity and he's going to get a good one so um yeah it's it's going to be a an interesting team to watch and so I think just for them compete you know take take a step and uh and then get a high pick and and draft a defenseman and there are a lot of good defensemen available in this next draft by the way as well so yeah that's really all I have on San Jose but I think at the bottom of this division makes the most sense yeah, like Casey said, the only real lock because they're the only team that is, I would say, still fully committed to a rebuild. Even a team like Anaheim is not trying to compete right away, but they're moving in the other direction. They're getting better. Whereas San Jose, I think, you know, even though we said that their forward group might have got a bit better, I think generally they're trying to get worse so they can rebuild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, boys. Well, there we have it. That's a wrap on our uh, predictions for the Pacific Division. Next week, we're going to come back on and chat about the Central to wrap up the Western Conference. Uh, So again, hope everybody out there had a a terrific summer, and uh, it's great to be back into Hockey Talk and doing our uh, division previews. So thanks so much for listening to Episode 180, and we'll chat with you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.